Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you for putting up with our fundraiser. Uh, we did have a fun time because we hit goal early. Can I see that? Yeah. Um, so praise God for all of you who have been donating your financial resources. Uh, we hit goal early thanks to you. Um, we've got listeners from different parts of the country, and we thank you guys. Uh, man, a lot of you came big time. You just showed up, and, and you uh, you keep us going. So um, our this is our spring Q drive. Q90FM is the radio station that powers Stand Up For The Truth. Our goal for the last 10 years has been 160000 Well, we finally needed to repair some equipment, get new equipment, and hire a producer for Stand Up. That's Travis. He's still in the ICU. Keep him in your prayers. But uh, they, So they had to raise the goal from one sixty, which we hit yesterday morning, <laughs> day three, early in the morning, we hit, we hit the, that goal, but we hit 175, which is our new goal, 175,000. We hit that by before, way before 4 p.m. So thank you. Thank you so much for, uh, and it's over 177.5 and increasing because pledges keep on coming in. We still keep on getting things in the mail. So I don't know what God's doing. We have skeptics here uh, that would say, pessimists that would say, you know what, S- something's going to happen economically, we're going to need this. <laughs> but we're just saying God is showing himself faithful big time. And um, I'm not sure if we have more donors. What I think is the, the, the donors that we have maybe are giving, generally they're giving more because they are more invested in what we're doing. That's that's my take. Uh, I could be wrong. That's not a scientific poll. Anyway, let's open up. I can't wait to get to our in-studio guest, pra- Pastor Chris Quintana. He's here for the Prophecy Conference in Appleton, and we're going to talk about that as well as so many news stories, including what happened in Israel with the stampede, um, pastors being arrested. Um, so we need to ask God for help like we always do. Father, thank you for giving us another day. Thank you for waking us up. We recognize your faithfulness. We recognize your provision. And we ask for your favor. We ask for your protection over our lives. Uh, we know that everything that comes into our lives is, um, you are sovereign over that, and it crosses your desk for approval. And you give us faith to endure those times, if they are trials, um, if they are tragedies. Um, we are in this life, and thank you, Jesus, that um, we, we have peace, even though we can go through these things that are really hard, including what's happening in our country. And Lord, we need wisdom today more than ever, and we ask that you just guide us step by step, one day at a time. We thank you that we know the truth. We thank you for your Son. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, and that we have everything we need for life and for godliness. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. And one more thing, Lord, we praise you that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We lift up this time to you and this day that you have made. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Chris Quintana in studio. It's been a year and a half, two years. I don't know. When were you here last? Wasn't it just, well, it was September, wasn't it, when I was here? Was it Elijah? just last year? Yeah, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Because okay. a year ago, we, we couldn't do the, the, um, the prophecy conference because that was when COVID first blew up and they had to cancel that conference. So That's why I was confused because the, the, it went online, the prophecy conference last year, right? They had it online. Yeah, we, we recorded things and sent them in. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you're here for another one. Welcome back. Thank you. And, it's great um, to be here. Yeah. Um, I know you're loving Texas. Uh-huh. Um, not just because... It's Texas, but because it's not California. <laughs> yes, yes, it's not run by fools. The, the, the funny thing about it is um, we, we were talking about this recently, and I grew up in California, and I'm in, I'm in my 50s, so I had never lived anywhere else in my whole life. But the, the state had changed mm. on the most 
you know, elementary of levels. And we were saying the, the thing that you say about California when you visit it, man, the weather is absolutely wonderful and it never changes. It's always just great. It's the one thing that politicians can't goof up. <laughs> so, <laughs> but everything else they can and they do. And so, uh, yeah, it just, it forced us out of there, unfortunately. Um, we weren't going to get into this, but you said, <laughs> we, we said something before you started, we started the podcast today. And I've got to ask you, you said you were a senior pastor out there in, in Cyprus at a Calvary Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that uh, if you were still there during the Rona, like last year, you may have gotten in trouble for what you believe and your stances on some of the mandates. Please explain that. Now you're in Texas. You don't have to worry about it. You can say whatever you want, and you're thankful for the government there. So share your thoughts on that, because a lot of people are listening uh, we've got listeners from some blue states here. Sure. It was because some of the things, and really it's kind of countrywide, in m- many of the states, you're you're just following the guidance that's put out by the government without any real reason to believe. You just do because you're told to do. Mm-hmm. And so, like with masks and all the rest of that, I want to ask why. If the government says, wear a mask, okay, why? And so, you know, if you read the the documentation on it, you're not going to be able to, you're not safeguarded from from contracting it, if it's airborne, it's going right past your silly mask, like where your nose is, it's going to get right past it. So the the mask mandates will tell you it's in case you're coughing or sneezing, it'll keep everything inside the mask. Okay, great. That's what, seriously, that's what the science says. It keeps the droplets from sneezing or coughing from being, you know, spewed out on whoever might be close to you. Thus, the six feet, though nobody can explain to you the arbitrary number. I would have said all this over the pulpit and said, for all of us who are asked to wear masks, I'll, I'll buy into the idea that I won't spit on somebody if I'm wearing the mask. But the moment that I touch it, I've now contaminated my hands and everything that I touch thereafter. That's the, quote, science. And I would have said all this over the pulpit. So mm-hmm. it's like, okay, we're asked to do this, and they could actually come in and shut us down if we're not compliant, but I'm going to ask all the questions behind the, quote, science that we're being told that never really stands up Mm. to any kind of common sense. Science. The left keeps using that word. I do not think it means what they think it means. Um, (laughs) Nice Princess Bride. (laughs) Because because science doesn't speak. (laughs) Scientists do. Right. Science itself does not speak. And we've got different interpretations. So it matters what, quote, scientists or what doctors, Fauci, yeah. that you're listening to. <laughs> it, it does. St. <laughs> Anthony. Yeah. It does matter. It matters what doctors and scientists you're listening to. We've been, I had a video two weeks ago that was banned on YouTube because it simply stated a study on the effects of masks. And it, said, and it was a new study came out. The only thing I had to correct in there, because Gateway Pundit, published it. It was originally attributed to Stanford University. Stanford did not do the study, but the study was on a government website and it was done and it was on the negative effects, the harmful effects of masks. YouTube pulled it off and the organization I'm a contributor for, Freedom Project Media, they banned them for a week. They mm-hmm. said you cannot do anything for a week on YouTube. So they instead of deleting their account, it was like, okay, this is a warning. All because that study asked questions. Chris, did you ever think we'd be at a place in America, regardless of the year we're in? <laughs> Got your 1984 shirt on. Make Orwell fiction again. And we'll talk about Orwell in a minute. But did you ever think we'd be in this place in America where just debate or opposing ideas or asking questions is not only frowned upon, now it's being suppressed and censored? In the abstract, I would have said, well, no, because I live in the United States. That that doesn't happen here. But if you ask me from an eschatological matter, you know, making a, a question of that, well, yeah, because I would expect, based on what I see in the Scripture, that that day would come, besides I see it elsewhere in the, in the rest of the world. But will it ever happen here? It's kind of arrogant to think that it wouldn't, but mm. here we are, and yes. we've already proved that it can happen. So it's it's the, the idea of opposing opposing thought used to be one of the hallmarks of free speech and all the rest of it. Now the absolute suppression of standing outside of orthodoxy, of, of public opinion and everything else, man, you will absolutely be shut down for doing it, though you have valid questions. It's not tinfoil hat crazy stuff anymore. It's like, yeah, but you have experts that will say absolutely contrary to whatever St. Anthony puts out. But you can't say <laughs> that. St. Anthony Fauci. Yeah. <laughs> 
passing. Yeah. I'm but, not sure if everybody got that. Yeah, well, the, this is the guy that told us we don't have to wear masks at the beginning. Well, that of was this a year ago. Thing. Sure. Now, if his 2020 persona would debate his 2021 persona, that would be an interesting uh, back and forth. Yeah. Well, yeah. there you go. Wouldn't it be great to watch him debate himself? That would be awesome. <laughs> Well, Chris, before we get into a little bit of the Prophecy Conference and what you'll be talking about, this is kind of like a sneak peek, a teaser, um, what would you say to a lot of believers, a lot of Christians, who are really having a hard time making that next step in not only acknowledging that this is happening, but believing? Because we, we tend to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. As Christians, we always do that more often than not. We're loving, we're... We, we, we think, you know, well, you know, they're, they're not really evil. They're not really following a godless agenda. But many of our leaders and many minions, uh, Stalin called them useful idiots. Mm -hmm. They are going right along with this. Some are deceivers. Some are deceived. What would you say to Christians who are still trying to wrap their mind around the fact that this is happening here and they don't know how to respond? Sure. I would just ask them, back up the clock and think Christmas 2019, what was your life like then? What is your life like now? And then ask yourself what's changed. Mm -hmm. And how much have you been complicit by just giving over your own independence and freedom because somebody told you you must do this? And this is where we are. Mm -hmm. Could anybody have imagined this a year and a half ago that this is where we would be currently? No. And so few people being able to say, you know, something just doesn't add up here. And nobody is, is really willing to stand and say, wait a minute, with this forced compliance, I'm not calling for, for you know, sedition or anything else like that. That's what we get accused of. It's just yeah. we're saying, well, wait a minute, I just, I have to know before you ask me to do things that are so counterproductive and so against my own self-interest, give me a good reason, valid reason why I'm supposed to be worried about this. Again, we're told now we're at the point, and I'm not, I'm, this isn't about anti-vaxxing and anti-masks and everything else, but I'm being told I have to get a vaccine for something that has a survivability rate for people like me that's well over 99%. Okay, if this is Ebola and it indiscriminately wipes out everybody at the rate of 50% of those who contract it, maybe we've got a different story yes, here. Yes, yes. But Good this point. is not that. Good point. Um, boy, just... We weren't planning on getting into this either, but you kind of brought it up and alluded to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm the guy that lobs the grenade in the tent and runs away. Sorry. Vaccine passports. Okay, so it looks like we're heading down that road. Um, stadiums, airlines, being able to fly, uh, different airlines, diff different things. You will need to be sh to show a proof of vaccination. It looks like that may be where we're headed. What are your thoughts on that? I, I know what you think about the actual idea of being forced or you can't move about the country and you can't buy and sell. Maybe we'll get to that point. Sure. But uh, just what are your thoughts overall on, I don't know, it seems like we're heading that way. In some places, that's exactly where it's going. Now, we have a, a trip planned to go to Israel in October. Uh, their plan is to reopen, I think it's the 23rd of next month. That's when they formally want to reopen, and, and you have to show proof of vaccination and a negative test within 72 hours, last I heard. That's the guidance. Anybody that travels there? To travel there, <clears throat> which, you know, you pretty much want to say, well, that's kind of a frightening thing. How about if you've already had it and you have natural antibodies? I would take those over a vaccination any day because that's the natural God-given immunity that you would have to any kind of a virus. Give me that. So the idea that you can have your just your day-to-day -day existence so curtailed that without something you can't even function in a normal society is a really chilling thing yes. that the government would be able to say, show your papers. That has a real yes. World War II kind oh, of a feel gosh. to it. And it's because people just don't remember, maybe anyone under 35, they were not taught true history. Right. Um, some of them, you, the man on the street interviews, when they go to college campuses or high school campuses, they don't even, some of them don't even believe the Holocaust happened. Right. And I'm thinking, really? Then I thought, okay, that's right. They're not taught that. They're not taught true history. Um, Chris, so you're talking to the, uh, you're talking at the Prophecy Conference. You're giving your presentation tonight and tomorrow? Yeah, I have a session tonight and a session tomorrow. So Great Lakes Prophecy Conference, Calvary Chapel, Appleton, uh, Tommy Ice, Curtis Bowers, T.A. McMahon, uh, Terry Reynolds, music from Chuck Gerard. Give us a little teaser on what you're going to be 
sharing tonight. I know you don't want to give too much away, but not everybody that's going to be there is listening right now. Not a problem. I, I don't have a problem with it's. I'm gonna it, my presentation is like 50 minutes, so I can't do that the whole program anyway. But it'll be a, a lot of the stuff that we're already talking about. And it, it is, again, it's asking a whole series of questions because, like, okay, fine, you're asking me to do something, but at least explain to me why you're asking me to do it. And, of course, from from a, a biblical point of view, we already know the rhetorical questions to which we know the, the answer. Mm-hmm. And that is, why are we asked to do this? This is all conditioning for something that is much different that's coming down the road. So, unfortunately, a lot of times people in our position or people that are professed Christians are— going the next step and you know we were joking around uh, a friend of mine uh on the way over here about uh people saying you know the, the the vaccinations are the mark of the beast it's like come on get your get your chronology correct <laughs> because that happens during the tribulation stop it yeah. what what it is though is it it's getting people their minds wrapped around the idea that you will not be able to function as a normal human being unless you do you know, X, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that we, we see, especially in our political climate today, there are people that realize that the United States is really an obstacle to a different world order. So World Economic Forum, Agenda 2030 from the UN, they really want to restructure the entirety of human existence. But really, this country stands, so. in the, absolutely, yeah. it's right on yeah. their websites. Yeah. And I'm going to share that with people. But it's it's to also demonstrate how ridiculous mandates are of all kinds of types of things when there's really no support for them. But just because of fear, you can get people to do some of the most destructive things to their own livelihoods and lives if you just make them afraid enough. And they've done a good job mm-hmm. at that over the last year and a half. Yep. You know, one of their mottos, never let a serious crisis go to waste. Some people uh, say never let a good crisis go to waste. I'm not sure if Rahm Emanuel. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, the one that originally said what basically what all the Democrats are thinking. Not all of them. All right, I'm not putting them all in one basket. But um, <laughs> so I, I'm looking forward to, to hearing. Is that it's going to be online, right? People can view it if they're from different parts of the country. Yeah, I think that um, because of the the website, there, there's a problem live streaming directly from the website. But I think if, I think Hulu or one of those Roku um, there, I think the website will probably give you the information about okay. that. But yeah, there are ways to, to watch the live stream. OK. And am I um, assuming correctly that these presentations will be recorded? So, yes. All right. And they always have those yep. up. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they'll, right. Fantastic. they'll put them up because mm-hmm. we have we're, we're blessed to have people listening from different states and. It's like they want to hear what you're going to be talking about tonight. Okay, um, so Great Lakes Prophecy Conference tonight. It, what time? Actually, does it kick off this afternoon or tonight? Afternoon. I think it's 1 o'clock. It's okay. the first. That's when like, the doors open and everything gets kicked off. Okay, that's in Appleton. Uh, we've got two minutes left, and I'm not going to throw another question to Chris. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I like throw a grenade. Toss a grenade and leave. All right. So we're going to talk about Joe Biden's speech, though, because during our fundraiser yesterday, I, we didn't get a chance to talk about that. We touched on it. But we'll talk a little bit about that and what just the things he's saying. And you're kind of going, wait a minute. Is this an American president talking about this? It sounds like socialism to me. Uh, Tim Scott, Republican of uh, South Carolina, the senator, uh, who is black, who um, said there is no systemic racism in America. And I can say that, and you wouldn't believe me. Well, he's a black senator, um, and so th- there's a lot of people that disagree with the stance of Biden and others. But before we do get into that, uh, we do have to take a break in a minute. Um, boy, I just got this other headline, too. And the Ec- Epic Times puts out some great stuff. 5,800 fully vaccinated Americans have contracted COVID-19. Did you hear what I just said? This was a week ago. 58, almost 6,000 fully vaccinated Americans contracted COVID-19. This is according to the CDC. 74 people died that were fully vaccinated. Uh, I'm just saying I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm just saying get, get look up all this information, get as much research as you can on this before you draw any conclusions or believe the media or believe the progressives or the globalists. Um, we've got so much more to talk about, including Emperor Evers here in Wisconsin, who vetoed a couple really important bills 
um, having to do with religious freedom, it's going to affect you. When we come back with Pastor Chris Quintana on Stand Up For The Truth, keep it right here. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Our guest today, Pastor Chris Quintana. <laughs> we were just talking about his last name and the different pronunciations, but at least it's not Fiorazzo. Can you imagine... Um, okay, throughout the years, the pronunciations. So I want you to make that point about the flu, people still dying with the vaccine. You say such good things when we're not on the air, Chris. So. Yeah, like I, I, I never say anything good when we're on the air. So why, might, why, would, I, why, would, why would I want to do anything So different? seriously, though, people do get the vaccine, and it does. Okay, let, let's, let's rephrase yeah, that. Re- Back re- up. Read it. People do get this experimental gene therapy that they're calling and defining a vaccine. <laughs> what is, what was, do we have a dog in the building? He's laughing at you. Oh my goodness, it's Friday and just everything's just off the rail. So this experimental gene therapy, they're calling a vaccine. People do get it and it does help some people. Well, it does hurt some people as well. Two people in my family have had severe side effects, numbness and um, not quite blood clotting, but problems with numbness and, and, and limbs. And, and my sister had uh, fever, chills, back and forth. She had a lot of pain. And it, and again, some people get it and they're fine. But you said something about the flu. People get a flu vaccine and does it protect you 100%? Not always. Yeah, usually on a normal flu season, you'll more than likely have multiple strains. Usually the it's like two, three, maybe even more strains that go through. Uh, the vaccines are developed so far in advance, they're using the predominant one from the year before, so they might have like a 30% effectiveness. If you have three going around at any one time, the vaccinations only address one, hmm. you still have a good chance of contracting it, even if you've been vaccinated against okay. it. So what you read there, if you take COVID-19 out of the equation, that could be the article from any flu season of people that are fully vaccinated against the flu, still contract it and even die from it. That's just normal. It's the it's the nature of viruses. But we're not hearing that contextually in this in this discussion and debate over COVID-19 because of the panic porn and the media and the fear mongering of the left for for their purposes. Right. Because we're not asked. We're not expected to ask the questions and the people who do ask them are suppressed. So, you know, here's what people need to realize. I've had more injections in my life because of medical things when I was a kid. I was asthmatic. Mm -hmm. Injections were just normal. We just need to remember remember that any kind of an injection has not only the the what they want for your your body to be able to absorb, but there are other things that are part of the vaccinations. Now, if you introduce that to your system, your system is going to have a reaction to it. It's a foreign body, and your your body is going to say, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. And you're going to address it. It's just simple, you know. I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not any of those kind of things, but I can read, and. Yeah, it makes common sense. If your body recognizes something, it's going to go into attack mode. It's the way God made us. So the idea that you would have reactions to it, whether it's the uh, mRNA ones or just the the standard vaccines from Johnson & Johnson, your body's going to react to foreign bodies. Okay. um, I think we need to jump ahead here because we're we're just going—time is going by so fast today. I've been using this on occasion— but I rarely have an opportunity to use the George Orwell quote when someone's sitting in the studio, a guest has an Orwell T-shirt on. And by the way, if you want to check out our last podcast with Pastor Chris, it's called uh, Make Orwell Fiction Again. That was our podcast a couple months ago because of your T-shirt. But George Orwell said, and this, the, the media is one of the biggest problems. I believe they are a danger to freedom in America and to the American public. Um, Orwell said, whoever controls the image and information of the past determines what and how future generations will think. Whoever controls the information and images of the present determines how those same people will view the past. And of course, he who controls the past commands the future. He who commands the future conquers the past. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. That's Orwell. And that's what we're seeing. 
Well, think about who who is that guy and when was he writing those things? Think World War II and who were some of the big the big names. You're talking about Stalin, mm-hmm. Mussolini, Hitler, yeah. Tojo. If you're thinking what what was the world like at that time and in in kind of just this dystopian potential future with those people or ones like them calling the shots, what would that world look like? Wow. Welcome to 1984. And so he forecasted, you can tell obviously by his writings, what would the world be like if those guys won? And, you know, again, what would a world run by Hitler look like? Because, of course, there would be no room for dissent whatsoever, and you're going to completely scrub history of what was in favor of what is and rewrite the Mm. narrative. Now, we know that that's the the most evil of people that could have done it, but even, even Churchill who I wouldn't put anywhere near that category in a kind of a, if I'm not mistaken, it was him who said this. It was just kind of a euphemistic kind of a funny thing where he said, um, you know, history is going to be kind to me because I intend to write it. I think (laughs) that was Churchill. And I just think that's so funny, but it's true that whoever it is that's going to write the history is going to have it be favorable towards them. But the same thing, if you have a dictator in charge of things and he's going to rewrite it, then it's going to be, it's propaganda. You said dictator, and um, in the early days in America, even going back to the 1930s, that was not known as a bad word, 1920s, 1930s, until Hitler came to power, and then that word dictator changed. In fact, I think it was FDR's wife who said they need a benevolent dictator mm-hmm. to pave the way here during the war. I think it was World War One, right? Um, was that 1930s? 1930s was World War II. Right. That was the run-up to <laughs> so, it. Sure. Yep. So it's interesting now, and I'm not, I'm not saying Biden is a dictator, but it's fascinating that the left, one of their main accusa- accusations of Trump was he was a dictator. And I'm going, wow, real fascist, really? Um, no matter what you thought of his policies, they, I think they had to look at his personality and, and maybe say that, and that was an extreme reach to say fascist or dictator. But now Biden, I don't know how many executive orders he has signed now, over 50, historic. No other president has signed more in this short amount of time. Um, So Biden delivered his speech the other night before Congress, and it was divisive. It was filled with lies, threats to the other side, those who disagree. When have you had that before? And inaccuracies. Talking about threats to the other side. Didn't Biden campaign on unifying the country? Yeah. He campaigned on healing. He used the words healing and light and unity. And they tried to paint Trump as uh, dark and chaotic and divisive because of what was going on with Black Lives Matter and the left and all their minions. So they're try- he tried to paint this picture during the campaign. So he talks unity, and now he's enforcing submission, it seems. Your thoughts, I don't know if you saw the speech. I didn't see it, but I read up on it, and th- I have some quotes to share in a minute. I was actually at church Wednesday night. Uh, but I, I think anybody with the that doesn't just go along with everything could have probably told you exactly what would be in that speech. Nothing was really surprising. Mm-mm. And, you know, I don't want to be uncharitable, so let me be really careful how I say this. When I think of Joe Biden, we have 50 years to know what he's about. The Joe Biden that we now see in front of us is not the Joe Biden from 10, 15, 20 years ago. Um, Joe Biden is not self-aware. I think we all know that. Uh, People that really pay attention to it say the guy that started that speech a couple of days ago is not the same one who ended it. You could see him diminish right Mm. in front of your eyes physically. Joe Biden is given a script and told where to stand and what to do, but he's not self-aware. I mean, anybody who's going to be objective about it realizes this man's a shell, and really he's just doing what the puppet masters tell him to do. That's that's the reality of Mm -hmm. it. Now, I don't want to be uncharitable, but look at it. It's it's there for everyone to see. So when it comes to that, I always I'm, I'm interested because I see the bigger picture to this. Trump was an obstacle to everything that we saw in that speech. But everything (laughs) that's in that speech is exactly what you will find from the World Economic Forum about the reset that they want to see, because now everything's grinded to a halt worldwide. Now what happens when you hit the button and make things start up again? They're they're saying it right on their websites, or if it's Agenda 2030 from the U.N., what you heard from Biden and his administration for these last hundred days is lockstep 
with all of what the global elites want to do in the restart of society. And Trump was an absolute, the last obstacle yeah. to that. Yeah. So he had to lose this election. And I know that uh, you're going to have Mike Lindell on. He'll be talking about all yeah. of that and proving how that took yes. place. We're going to talk with, by the way, Nat, thank you for the teaser. Mike Lindell will be our guest on Monday. Oh, was that breaking news the there? Truth. No, we've, we've okay. been saying, we've been trying to confirm the date. And we've been, yesterday we said, I think we got it confirmed, and, you know, because he was scheduled, but we wanted to make sure. Because Travis, our producer who was, not with us right now. He's in the hospital. Uh, he was the one that set that up. Um, uh, so, boy, so many things. Let me just share. He pushed, Joe Biden pushed massive, a massive tax increase on what he deems wealthy, which we know it's going to trickle down. Tax increases do that. It's going to affect the middle class. What, what's your take on that when people go, People that believe this say, oh, it's only going to affect the 1%, these tax increases. Right. And I heard him use the same cliched, tired garbage I've heard forever about they need to pay their fair share. (laughs) Um, If anybody thinks that the rich don't pay their fair share, they are clearly just demonstrating to you that they don't know the numbers. Mm -hmm. If you were to take a look at who pays what in income taxes by what what, uh, numbers— um, it's the top, what, the top 1% pays, last I checked, about 20% of all income tax received. A lot. And yeah, so yeah. the half of the, the country that has a job pays no federal income tax. So the idea of who's paying what and what's fair, if you buy into that nonsense from them, but it's again, it's a talking point that has been around as long as I've been paying attention. Yep. The rich pay a much higher number and even percentage than ever before. So we're going to go back to the same tired nonsense that we've had about the progressive tax system and what has been in place since the Trump years. Look, numbers don't lie. Politicians do. But if you want to take a look at how the numbers actually work, if we're going to go back to the same silly class warfare tax and spend stuff, we're going to wind up in the same malaise. Well, we heard this all through the Obama. Obama administration. Mm-hmm. Now we've got the O'Biden administration. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, you know, by the way, talk about Trump being in the way of, uh, of their globalist. He said in 2019, he triggered them because in his speech to the UN, he says America will never be a globalist nation. Right. It's like, wow, is he just, you know, really poking? What do you call that when you poke something with a stick? What animal do they use for that analogy? Anyway, um, so Biden also, let me just jump over to one thing here before we run out of time. I want to make sure we get to this, his, his ban on assault weapons and, and high-capacity uh, you know, guns. He says, don't tell me it can't be done. Now, Rich Lowry at the Hill said, it'd be nice if there were some acknowledgement that gun violence has drastically increased in major cities with the anti-police agitation of the last year. But we don't hear anything like that. Never. No, I don't. I don't want to say never, but rarely in the media do you hear them acknowledge cities like Chicago mm-hmm. or Baltimore, where, in fact, Chicago is one of the strictest. They have some of the strictest gun laws and some of the most violent crime and deaths every weekend, and we don't hear that. So, do you think more people that want to defend the Second Amendment? are paying attention now that we've got a man in power that wants to start enforcing this? We certainly know that because look at gun sales. So we know. <laughs> yeah, uh, they skyrocketed last year. Seriously. Yeah. Well, the funny little thing. <laughs> when we first moved to Texas, it's when everybody was like buying, you know, thousands of rolls of toilet paper and paper towels. <laughs> and uh, I went into the Academy, which is like their sporting goods, you know, uh, franchise out there. And the guy put hundreds of rounds on the counter to buy and somebody said, well, that's a lot of ammunition. And he says, well, you never know when somebody's going to come and steal your toilet paper. <laughs> that was his reaction, which, of course, we just had to laugh about. It's one of the funniest things I ever heard. We were, we were all just kind of laughing about that. But at the same time, when you hear, when you hear AR-15, which is the one that they love to point to, people think, well, that means automatic rifle or assault weapon or assault rifle, right. which is like, no, it means Armalite rifle. Look it up. I can show you a 223 that doesn't look scary that will do the exact same thing as an AR-15. It's a semi-automatic shooting a 223 round. So you put them side by side. One's scary. That's an assault rifle. The other one that would do the exact same thing is not considered an assault rifle. So what we're, again, 
we're being told something without looking at the details yes. behind it. We could show a hundred, a thousand examples of that same kind of thing, whether it's weapons or just information. We're being told something and it's get in, sit down, shut up, and don't ask questions. That's what society yeah. has become. Yep. And too many people are going along with it. But um, also, getting back to something he said, they've been doing this since January 6th, since the Capitol incident. Yes. Some are calling a riot. But I'm, I'm thinking, I know a lot, I've, I've heard a lot of people. I think Curtis Bowers was there, Scott Lively, so many people that we know, people that we've interviewed have, were there, and they said, a majority of the crowd had white hair. I mean, they weren't there showing up with guns and pitchforks ready to storm the Capitol. They just wanted to hear the president's speech. They wanted to just be there to support America, patriotism. So there's a lot of lies being put out by Biden and his administration. He said in his speech, the Capitol riot was the worst attack on our democracy since the Civil War. This is the kind of rhetoric that's coming from the left. It's coming from Biden. So part of what they're doing also, Chris, as you know, they're framing all Christians or evangelicals or religious people as uh, Christian nationalists, mm -hmm. as domestic terrorists. Mm -hmm. This is dangerous. Right. But the media is pumping this out, too. They think we should be re-educated or deprogrammed. Mm -hmm. How do you respond to that when the media has got the loudest voice? Sure. And they're really framing this and trying to set this up for whatever they're going to do down the road where they can, I don't know, martial law. What, what are they going to do? Well, again, I'd love to be able to. If, would it be wonderful if you could say, I follow a question for that, Mr. President. Would you explain to me what you mean by that? And, of course, he would just have that blank look, deer <laughs> in the headlights thing, because he doesn't know. It's just written for him. Right. He's, reading, he's yeah. reading a script. Yeah. But here's what I would tell anybody who's listening to us right now. Go and look at what all the people who they actually arrested, what were they charged with? Because they called it an insurrection, which means treason, which means, mm -hmm. you know, death sentence. Yeah. They've all been treated or they've all been arrested for trespassing. Trespassing. That's mm -hmm. all that they were arrested for. So if it was as bad as they said, then explain to me how it is that if, if Trump caused that, how did Maxine Waters not cause what happened with the whole George Floyd thing? She oh. said much more incendiary things than anything Trump could have been accused of. I know. You're bringing up the double standards. You're not allowed to do that. No, of course not. <laughs> It's questions. You can't question them when they're when they're right. not doing what they say. Yep. Eyes on your own paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lord. Um, also, I found this fascinating. We only have a minute left. Got to take another break, believe it or not. But Biden, who has been vaccinated, is wearing a mask and elbow bumping Pelosi. And, and actually, AO, was it not not AOC? What's her face? Uh, virtual president VP Harris was elbow bumping Pelosi. So they're, they're, it's just a charade. Yeah. And it's just so Theater. sad. It, it's just so sad. So th this is they're terrified as if one of them was a leper and didn't want to touch the other one. Um, and they've been vaccinated. Yeah. And they're wearing masks sitting behind Biden as the feminist progressive controllers of information through his speech. Anyway, more with Pastor Chris Quintana. Uh, <laughs> we are going to talk about Governor Eater Evers. We've got to shift and talk about religious freedom now and pastors being arrested. This is here. How do we respond? More in just a minute on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. I was just notified that one of my posts was banned and uh, not allowed on Facebook Shocker. during the break. Uh, it's basically a website, Mask Off Minnesota, so maskoffmn.org. And they talk about unreliable and unproven tests. They talk about the padded death count. And they talk about the um, IFR, uh, similar to the flu and other things. But that was just, I got this notification saying, uh, where is it? Uh, here it is. Um, only people who manage David Fiorazzo can see this post. Your post goes against our community standards on misinformation that could cause physical harm. Oh, the irony. You can't talk about masks. All right, so I did want to share a couple quotes before we talk about religious freedom issues. Um, re in response to Joe Biden's speech, Republican Senator Tim Scott, outstanding uh, Republican senator, he said, uh, we stand for principles, for the principles and policies that unite Americans and expand opportunity for working families, not radical agendas designed to push us apart. 
And Nikki Haley said, President Biden says he wants bipartisanship, but spent over an hour promoting radical policies that will harm our economy, grow government control, and cause more division. What a wasted opportunity. So that's more eloquent, either both of, the, both of them, than how I could say what, what uh, my thoughts were <laughs> on yeah, Biden's well, speech. Our reply to that would be, did you hear that they want to take gullible out of the dictionary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, Lord, help us. And help those at the Prophecy Conference today. Um, <laughs> we just lost Spike. All right. He's gone. So Governor Evers... In Wisconsin, some say, you know, Emperor Evers affectionately. Um, last Friday, he vetoed two bills dealing with constitutionally protected conscience rights and religious freedom. One bill would have prohibited state and local governments from mandated, mandating any vaccine related to COVID or any COVID variants. So he vetoed that bill meaning he is all, he's all okay with forcing people to be vaccinated because that's all you hear in the media and the news. I even saw a billboard, a guilt shaming, on 41 between Green Bay and Appleton. It says, get the vaccine, save lives. So if you don't get the vaccine, you are irresponsible and you are just, just willing that, that people die. This is what they're putting out there. So he, he vetoed two bills, and um, the governor said he would veto other bills because they also take away existing tools for state and local health officials to use during a declared public emergency. That's what most of these blue state governors are doing. Yeah, you know, it's funny because he doesn't get as much press as most of the rest, but he gets overturned more than the Ninth Circuit. (laughs) It's pretty interesting to watch. He really does. But Mm -hmm. the the, the kind of things that you're seeing there from, from him... It, it seems like every time that there is, that I've seen, whenever it is a matter of religious freedom, religious liberty, he's going to be on the wrong side of that. But yeah. blue state governors are going to be that. It's just kind of a knee-jerk way that they wow. do what they do. It is. I like the way you said that. It's just, that's just what they do. Right. Knee-jerk or not. I mean, I, I think it's worldview is part of that. Absolutely. It's driving their responses. Well, you ask, ask yourself the question, very simply put, <clears throat> of all of the groups of people that you have out there in large numbers, who would who would you classify if you're a blue state person? Who's your biggest problem demographic of groups of people? And it's the the biblical worldview Christians. Christians. True believe, Bible believing Absolutely. Christians, yes. And they're in large enough numbers that they are a problem to you. Mm. They didn't vote for him, so he doesn't care if he offends them. And frankly, the things that they're saying are a challenge to him whether he acknowledges it or not. So yeah. of course they're in the crosshairs, but that's blue state or even red state that has blue areas. We see it mm. in, in my home state of Texas. You go to Dallas, you go to Fort Worth, or not Fort Worth, Austin. but you go to Austin, yes. you go to San Antonio, Houston, the big places where you have large populations, college towns in particular, and all the academia that, that is there and that supports it, you're going to see the same kind of nonsense that you see in blue states. Mm. Um, since we're on the topic of religious freedom, there's two other things. You know what? Before we get there, I, I just want to mention this story out of Israel, the stampede that killed at least 44 people. It was at a religious festival. It just happened last night. Uh, it is not a terrorist attack, but I, apparently this place was overcrowded. Uh, there was ultra-Orthodox uh, Jews that were there, um, but it broke out Friday during a religious festival. I don't know how to pronounce this. L-A-G. B-A-O-M-E-R. Lagboomer? Bammer? Baomer? I don't know. But it's in the northern region, and it uh, injured at least 150 people, and it was one of the deadliest civilian disasters in the country's history. That's fascinating. It occurred at Mount Moran, and um, so it says it attracted tens of thousands from the ultra-Orthodox community, and it just happened when some of them tripped on steps and created dozens more to fall. And I saw a video of this place where they were during the music, they were jumping up and down like they do and celebrating. But I, it didn't show the actual happening, but I'm sure we could look that up. Uh, Chris, this, it's not a terrorist related, but it's, it's, it's Israel and it's a big disaster for them. Um, what do you read into that? Do you read anything at all into that? Just the, any significance into an event like that? They are ultra orthodox Jews celebrating and 
What are your thoughts? And, you know, interesting, when you read the press there in Israel, they— the, the secular press in Israel really does not view, nor do they like, the ultra-Orthodox because they're very much counter mm. to the prevailing thought, very similar to what the real straightforward Bible-believing Christian is to the secular society that we have here. Yep. So they're always reported on as a bunch of those crazy people, but they would never report the same thing about people that got crushed in a concert up against the front rails. You know, how many times have we seen those yeah. stories where people, it's the same type of thing? Yep. It depends on who's telling the story. Mm. And But is that not Back to the media again. Exactly, yeah. exactly. The media. Francis Schaeffer put out a lot of fascinating information on that. He even did videos. Do you remember those from like the late 70s or early 80s? He showed a scene. I don't remember what it was, a, a protest in the street. He manufactured this thing, showed the scene from two different camera angles. And he said, here's what they're showing and here's what really happened. But it's the same scene. It was fascinating what he did. I'm sure those videos are still on YouTube. But uh, so back to the religious freedom topic here. Um, Now a pastor over in London, no surprise, was arrested for preaching, quote, homophobic Bible verses. Mm -hmm. Um, Now he's really, from what I understand, he really got to reading through Genesis and uh, where they talked about male and female. And then, of course, he had said something about homosexuality. But basically, what the Bible says about creation, God's design, and then I'm sure marriage or family came into that, and he was arrested. And if I remember this story correctly, he was like in his early 70s. His name is John Sherwood. And this is, well, footage was obtained by Christian Concern, and um, they, all, they took away his Bible. They detained him overnight and could, because some people in the crowd, some agitators, were gathered, they, they were accusing him of homophobic preaching and hate speech. And that's already happening here. We saw, I'll look up in Canada. Sure. What are your thoughts? I haven't talked to you since James Coates and his at Grace Church there in Canada. What are your thoughts on what's happening, what we're seeing in other countries? It'll happen here. I mean, it, yeah. how can it not? It's already happening in the way of multimedia. So uh, social media, I mean, because uh, you'll have that stuff absolutely scrubbed for saying it. Just so, speech. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You can remove it from the public sphere where it can't be viewed. The next step is to start to silence the people for saying it. And really, it's not even controversial as far as the, as the scripture is concerned. Um, yeah. I did this at the—we uh, did a prophecy conference in El Paso uh, about a month, month and a half ago. And um, once again, when it comes to the whole transgender thing, I I think people just need to really be careful to understand the science behind that, too. Mm. So we have somebody at HHS, an undersecretary at HHS, who is a a transgendered person. Uh, You know, whatever pronouns you want to use and everything else. Look, the bottom line is he was born Richard. So if Mm. he I, I say this all the time and I think, you know, prove me wrong. If this person who's dressed as a woman who takes estrogen and has had, you know, surgeries and everything else, if that person was to go and commit a crime and leave DNA, they're looking for Richard. Yeah. That you can't change. That's fascinating. That cannot be changed. It it is always going to be that way. If they have no idea whose DNA it is, they don't know what they look like from the outside or what surgeries have taken place. They're going to look for a guy that's got a lot of estrogen in his system. Hmm. But he's still the guy that he was born as yes. because that biology does not change. So now we're talking about psychology. Fascinating. In, in a normal America 50 years ago, if parents or anybody in, in the public, teachers or anyone else, were to um, encourage children to decide whatever gender they want to be for the rest of their lives and change everything about them physically, they would be arrested for Abuse. It mm-hmm. would be child abuse. Right. But today, in today's America, not so much. One more story real quick. I just want to get your thoughts. Um, this is a different topic now. Another Hillsong pastor resigned, this time apparently over uh, revealing selfies. Um, now, remember last fall's uh, firing of celebrity pastor Carl Lentz from Hillsong, New York City, and uh, over revelation of, of an extramarital affair and other things. But now another pastor resigned from his role as pastor and creative director uh, from New Jersey Hillsong campus, where he shared two mirror selfie photos of himself shirtless, wearing Nike compression leggings, whatever those are. I guess it's what athletes wear. Um, I'm out of it. Uh, But anyway, he included captions and 
uh, just just this just this odd behavior from a pastor. Sure. I'm not that. I mean, if you go to the beach, you're gonna take your shirt off and go swimming. But you're a pastor now, and you're sharing selfies of yourself, you know, with your shirt off. It's just your thoughts on you, Come on, you're a pastor, Chris. Did you ever do anything? Did you ever think about taking a selfie like that with your shirt off? Well, I don't think people would want to see it, so no. <laughs> um, so the, the bottom line to it, and I've said this before, and I know it gets me in trouble with some people because it just seems so, you know, how can you say such a thing? I would say that, that the vast majority of, of churches and the people who are in the pulpits have no business being there. They're not, they're not called to that, but they're really good at the entertainment value of it, which is much, much of the church. Because most of the big mega churches that you see, I said this last night at, uh, in Manitowoc, but if you took most of the, the big mega churches now and, and put them in a part of the world, like I, I used Mogadishu, I think, in Kabul, said, go ahead and take Hillsong, New Jersey, or New York and put them in those parts of the world, they wouldn't last a day. They'd be put to death for what they believe. So that works great here in the West, but it doesn't work in most of the rest of the world. So, you know, entertainment. It's, it's the sad part of the church. In the United States of entertainment, mm-hmm. and I know we've done a podcast in the past on how our worship, even at our churches, we, uh, we've talked about this, how it's some churches think, well, if I entertain them a little bit with the lights and the big show, and, and some churches use smoke or fog or whatever, and sadly, videos, whatever, all drama to... I don't know what they're trying to do, but I guess they want to attract a crowd or a mob. Anybody can attract a crowd, but it takes Bible-believing Christians to build a church. Yep. Right? Absolutely. Well, where can people get more information on you and hear some of your messages? Um, our website Old is Path. oldpaththeology.net, and we have a YouTube channel where we just do through the Bible studies. Excellent. Old Path Theology. We'll link that up in today's podcast notes at standardforthetruth.com. Prophecy Conference in Appleton today. It kicks off at 1. Pastor Chris talking tonight and tomorrow. Brother, thank you for being in the studio today. Thanks for having me. All right, God bless. We'll, we'll talk about our guests next week when we come back in just a minute. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Monday we've got... Mike Lindell on the podcast. Tuesday, Jay Santiago. Wednesday, Doreen Virtue, former New Ager. Uh, Dr. Andy Woods on Thursday. And apologist and author Natasha Crane on Friday. Uh, Pastor Chris, you said something be- before we got back on the air here. I really want you to condense this. Uh, you, you talked about the, the, well, just share what you were talking about, how rapidly things are happening. Now the word. Right. And from Jesus' own words about these things that would happen quickly, he says it more than one place. But th- we usually think that that means immediately after he says it, then there's something that needs to happen. These things will happen. Right. Yeah. The Greek word is takios, which means it's not going to happen in, in a chronological, like right away. It's more when these things happen, they're going to happen so fast, it's going to wrap up so quickly. And that's exactly what we're seeing. The world has changed like we've never seen in just a year. That's good. That's so good. Thank you, Pastor Chris. That's when these things happening, and they're happening now, and that's why everything seems to be happening all at once and so quickly. And, man, we're living in these times, the most prophetic times that uh, we've ever been in. So uh, thank you for listening. And as always, God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.